Welcome to the Freedom Hut. This is the Best of Buck Daily Podcast. The top stories of the day from the Buck Sexton Show. For more Buck, head to BuckSexton.com. And remember to subscribe to the podcast. Welcome to the Buck Sexton Show, my friends. It is Friday. Aren't we all so happy about that? We're going to be heading off into the weekend here shortly, which is a very necessary respite from the insanity all around us. As I've been trying to get people to realize, the stakes in this election that I've been looking at, in a sense, are even higher because they're not going to. All of the data for me now is pointing in this direction. They're not going to use, if Biden wins, the election as an opportunity to give all the all the peasants, which is what we are, the American people, give all the peasants their freedoms back. They're going to extend out this insane lockdown regulation mask mania bullcrap as long as they possibly can. As long as they can. Because everyone is fearful. Everyone is doing what they're told. No one's even asking, is this legal? Is this constitutional? Is this intelligent? No, just do what you're told. We've been doing what we've been told for months. You know uh, what's going on right now in Europe? You're not going to hear about this in the mainstream media because they don't want to talk about it. Uh, You're having a big spike in cases in countries that have had the most severe lockdowns possible. I mean, countries that were telling people, enforcing with police, you have to stay in your home. You can't. Italy, Spain, extreme lockdowns. And they're now hitting all time highs in cases. It's almost like you can lock people in their homes and slow down the virus. But all you're doing is slowing it because the moment that you allow people to have their lives back, there's going to be some spread of the virus. And this is what they've never grappled with in this strategy or they just don't care. Right. It was locked down for 15 days, 30 days, 90 days, six months. Now it's not. Then it was until a vaccine. Now it's beyond the vaccine. Now they're telling us masks are even more effective, as the CDC director did even more effective than a vaccine. Think of the recklessness think of the malpractice from the medical and scientific community if all we had to do was wear masks why didn't they tell us that the first 90 days of this because of course it's not true even if they help at some level there's still going to be a lot of sickness out there if all it took was masks why did it not work in the spanish flu pandemic of 1918 at all to slow the spread of this virus or that virus i should say didn't work at all A lot of people running around. They had cotton masks back then, too. But here we are, folks. We are in a period of mass hysteria coupled with mass media, and the results are not good. And then that brings me to Joe Biden and what a a completely outrageous, despicable clown this guy is. But now he's supposed to be the president of the United States. You know, Donald Trump, I understand rough edges and thin-skinned and there's this criticism there's criticism of him that people can can uh, level and, and some of it is is pretty accurate but he represented ideas he represented something when he was running for president and a lot of them were ideas that people needed to hear because they hadn't in a long time and that was why he was a one-man political movement what exactly does joe biden represent whatever the democrats who are going to be pulling his strings want him to it's just the machine the left-wing socialist Democrat machine against everybody who's not a part of it. That is, the, that is what the Biden presidency or the Biden campaign that wants to be a presidency has turned into. And now we have 
no degree of absurdity is too much for people to say. And people walking around in panics here, here in New York, we're going to go and we're the only city that I can think of in the country that does not have indoor dining yet, folks. So that's probably why I'm still more sensitive to this. than other. But we can't do indoor dining by September 30th. They're saying 25 percent. I spoke to a restaurant owner last night because I was out at an open air restaurant because that's all you're allowed to do. She said that they, they lost their they own. Uh, it's a restaurant group, really. They own a few places in New York. One of them is incredibly well known. Beautiful place. I've been there. It's one of the most romantic restaurants in the city. Gone. And they're like, we're, n- we're not sure we're ever going to be able to, you know, reopen it. Oh, OK. And she's saying, what exactly are we supposed to make of this? Why is it 25 percent? Other places are already are already at 50 percent. Why do we open at 25 percent when we've been? And the answer is this is all just being made up by morons who want to control us. It's actually worse than they just want to make the country miserable, which has been my thesis. That's true. They want to make America miserable for the purposes of beating Donald Trump in the election, keeping the economy suppressed. That's all true. But now the propaganda has seeped in so deeply that they really believe it. Now we are at a phase here in all of this where they actually think that if Joe Biden were had been president, there would be 200,000 people who would have survived all of this. 200,000 people who would have lived. Here is Biden saying last night exactly that. Play three. If the president had done his job, had done his job from the beginning, all the people would still be alive. All the people, I'm not making this up, just look at the data. Look at the data. And as then, we're now being told, there's going to be no, I pray to God there's a, vi- a vaccine tomorrow that could be available to everyone. If, if he had done his job from the beginning, all the people would still be alive. All the people, I'm not making this up, just look at the data. That's what he says. Okay. Why then did Trump kill all these people in Spain and the UK and Italy and France and Germany and Brazil and Mexico and China? Well, why was Trump killing all those people, too? Because clearly it's because Trump didn't do his job. I know that's the, it's so stupid that you can't really say these things out loud without feeling like you're you're uh, somehow corrupting your own brain. But that's where Democrats are now. You see, it started out, I believe, as just politics for them. Come on, guys, lock us down and, and some degree of fear. But now the fear has actually gone beyond the politics for many of them. Now they really they really believe this nonsense. They really think this is true. They are absurd, absurd. Biden would have saved 200,000 lives. Joe Biden is a moron. Even Democrats know Joe Biden is a moron. But he's the best they got. They need somebody tied to Obama with big name recognition who can fool swing state voters into thinking you're not going to get a radical left presidency if he wins. That's what you're going to get. He is a Trojan horse and he can say anything and the media will let it fly. In fact, they, they agree with this stuff. They, they here. Here's Nicole Wallace, former Republican, allegedly. I swear the Bush, former Republicans, the Bush administration, former Republicans who have turned on Trump are They're the worst. (laughs) They really they really are, because it's all so obvious. It's so petty. It's just because they're not important anymore and they don't they don't have the political access that they did for a period of time. 
it's not about principle. It's not about, uh, you can't be you cannot be a conservative and work at MSNBC now. It's not possible. OK, you can't be a host, have your own show at CNN or MSNBC and be a Republican at all. You have to really be actually a lunatic at this point or just a fraud. I mean, a person who will say whatever and, and pretend that they're not doing the bidding of the DNC all the time. Here's here's Nicole Wallace at MSNBC Plane nine. You know, Ashley's reporting Michael Steele is a blueprint for the negligence, not just of human life, of course, most importantly, of human life. He's got the blood of 200,000 Americans on his hands. But also the destruction of the economy didn't have to be what it was. If he knew that it was airborne, he knew that it was contagious, he knew that it was deadly, he could have taken steps to help businesses prepare for a longer stretch of curbside delivery or the sorts of things that are in place, as you said, in countries like Australia that have come out on the other side. To me, these failures obviously destroyed the lives of the family members of 200,000 Americans, of our neighbors and our friends and our teachers and our doctors and our nurses and our grandparents and tragically some of our children. But he also destroyed a lot of businesses that had been there for generations. The population of Australia is about 25 million people, and it's an island, the whole thing. Uh, you know, if, if we're going to talk about countries, so there's, it's very easy to limit travel. You have far, uh, far less crowded living conditions. But if we're really going to talk about this, let's compare ourselves to other countries that have been going through this and that are currently now seeing big spikes. What's the answer for that? What, why is that happening? Wear a mask, they all say. What? what, what? How, how is that saving us? Hawaii put an outdoor mask mandate in place for which there is no scientific basis whatsoever. And Biden even alluded to that. He said, well, if you're at a protest and you're outside, you're kind of moving. So, you know, social distancing is not as necessary. I mean, yeah, that's actually somewhat true, but that should be true for everybody. It is true for everybody, not just the protesters for BLM. But people have gotten they're, they're sick in the head over this now. Instead of blaming those they should, the medical establishment that has messed up at every stage of this, gotten this wrong constantly. They are now angry at anybody who's asking the questions, the obvious questions uh, and blaming Trump for everything. Here is the CDC director. Again, I played one for you yesterday. Here's a CDC director back in February of this year. Play two, because I do see people feeling a need to go by mask. And I would ask them, and some people scoff at me when I say this, we need to make sure those N95 masks are available for the doctors and nurses that are going to be taking care of individuals that have this illness. And it really does displease me to find people going out. There's no role for these masks in the community. These masks need to be prioritized or healthcare professionals that, uh, as part of their job, are taking care of individuals and or individuals who have this virus and are in home isolation or home quarantine for those family members. So I'd like to have the uh, prioritize the uses that we recommend and, and get people to realize that that's where these masks need to be reserved for. Medical personnel. That was that was the standard. That real medical masks should only go to medical personnel, people that are going to be in constant contact with the virus for whom even a, a small level of protection may be worthwhile under the circumstances. Right. Meaning even if it's only a small percentage effective, maybe it's even more than that. 
but not for everybody else. That's crazy. Oh, now it's crazy to say, wait, what? We're supposed to do this all the time? We're supposed to have this happen? Un- un- unbelievable, friends. Unbelievable. Um, but this is where we are because you're going to see something happening right now. It's not just that Trump didn't show leadership. That's not enough. That's not enough for the hysterics, the left, the libs, the lunatics. It's that Trump killed 200,000 people. They're saying this. I mean, that he's responsible for the deaths of 200,000 people uh, for whom, you know, the, the median age is 75 and most of them had pre-existing conditions. Not to say it's not incredibly sad for each and every life that is lost, but as a public health issue, we're never allowed to discuss who's really at risk, what's really been going on here. It's wear a mask, sit down, shut up, do what you're told, watch your business get destroyed, and then watch morons go on TV and say that Donald Trump killed 200,000 people. That's, that's where we are as, as a country. Oh, C- CNN's health expert, Dr. Gupta. Play six. A source told me last night that, uh, you know, there have been so many people who have, have known the right thing to do, have sounded the alarm on this. And going back to middle of February, uh, talking about the fact that this virus could be spread asymptomatically and that everything needed to change as a result. And that this is what my source said. Every step along the way, this this guidance that could have saved, you know, 80 to 90 percent of the people who have died could have been saved. if This guidance had been abided by every step of the way that guidance had been buried and then minimized, then ignored, and now ridiculed. That's what's, that's what's happening. I mean, it's not that hard. The, the guidance was not that challenging. It could have been done, but it was buried, minimized, ignored, and now ridiculed. So here we are, you know, as we go into flu season, still in that same sort of position. Everyone's counting on the vaccine. Everybody wants the home run hit. Even if we get the vaccine, it's going to take time to actually get people uh, vaccinated and, and protected. We have to do these other basic health measures for some time to come, and we're still not. Complete rewriting of history. What was this guidance that was ignored by Trump in the middle of it? What was the guidance that was ignored? Not even Fauci says that Trump ignored any guidance. So, so what, what was supposed to be different? And why did all these other countries ignore the guidance that would have saved 90% of COVID deaths? This is just a massive campaign of lies. These people are lying to you, and they're going to keep lying. They don't care that you know it's not true. They're hoping that if they say it enough, people will believe it. And unfortunately, when it comes to propaganda and brainwashing, that's pretty effective. So this is why I spend some of our time here just reminding everyone, hoping some of you will share it with your neighbors who perhaps are on the fence or not sure if they're going to vote for Trump. Uh, What they're being told about Trump's response to this virus and what really happened is a fairy tale or a nightmare. It's false. Just just look at it logically. How could anyone think how could anyone think when we see what's happened around the world, that this is all the Trump here. Here, I'll bring you up to speed on what's going on in some other places. Thanks for listening to the Best of Buck Daily podcast. Get more from Buck by following him on social media at Buck Sexton on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And don't forget to visit BuckSexton.com. 
I would like to see the governors enforce mask wearing, period. I can do that on federal property. As president, I will do that. On federal land, I'd have the authority. If you're on federal land, you must wear a mask. In a federal building, you must wear a mask. And we could have a fine for them not doing it. Look, this is about saving people's lives. There's no question that it saves people's lives. To those who say it's individual liberty not to wear a mask. Well, let me tell you something. You know, what Bill Barr recently said is outrageous. That is like slavery. We're taking away freedom. I would tell you what takes away your freedom. What takes away your freedom is not being able to see your kid, not being able to go to the football game or baseball game, not being able to see your mom or dad sick in the hospital, not being able to do the things. That's what costs our freedom. And it's been the failure of this president to deal, to deal with this virus. And he knew about it. He knew the detail of it. He knew it in clear terms. Imagine had he at the State of the Union stood up and said, when back in January, I wrote an article for USA Today saying, we've got a pandemic, we've got a real problem. Imagine if he had said something. How many more people would be alive? What takes your freedom, what takes your liberty is uh, Joe Biden and the Democrat Party, actually. It's not all these other things he's talking about. It is what Biden wants to do. And this is what I want everyone to understand. If he wins, they're going to continue this. They like this. They enjoy this. They want to tell you what to do. And there are a lot of libs out there who like to be told what to do. Doesn't matter what the reality is. Doesn't matter what the costs may be. They're like, yeah, order me around, please. I'm one of the good people. I listen. This whole thing has turned it. It's, it's almost like a, a religious cult now for people. They, they don't listen to reason. They don't look at the facts. They just believe whatever they're told. How, how many times do I have to sit here? People right now in New York will go from they'll walk through a restaurant and have to put on their mask. And if you don't, people will get I mean, I, I had somebody for the first time send me wear a mask. I'm walking past the person. I'm, I'm not near you. I'm social distancing. What? Go blank yourself. I told him to call the health authorities on me. I'll wait for their call. <laughs> that was fun. He can go F himself. Um, but yeah. I, well, what is this? You walk through a restaurant now and you have <laughs> you have people who think that if you're not wearing a mask, then you're a bad person. But then you sit down at the table for an hour and a half, two hours, breathing, no, because, you know, you can't eat food without, you know, with, uh, with a mask on. This is idiocy. We are being ruled by idiots. Fauci, these people are morons. These are, they're, they're, they're losers. They don't know how to protect you. They don't know how to save you. They don't have any ideas about what to do with public health policy that's going to make anything better. Sweden which was a, an experiment in, in human sacrifice, right? It was, it was the worst thing. It's like, we're done. Basically, no one wearing masks anymore. They're like, yeah, we, we did what we could, and we went about our lives. We didn't shut everything down. They're, econ- they're economically in better shape than other countries. But no, it's so much more, it's so much more fun for people. Um, so it's so much more fun for people to just go around acting like, we haven't seen what we've seen. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, we, we are in a period where nothing is making sense anymore with all these lunatics running around who think that Trump killed 200,000 people. They really, and, and they think that our side is crazy. I mean, Joy Behar is one of the dumbest people on television, perhaps one of the dumbest people in the country. I mean, I think she would certainly be a good candidate. Uh, she thinks that people that have a problem with any of this are the problem. Play 18. 
Um, what interested me also was his use of the term herd mentality. Now, it's really herd immunity that he meant to say, but it's an interesting Freudian slip, isn't it? Because it kind of, uh, it kind of describes the people who are continued to follow him. They're in a herd mentality, like lemmings going, going over a cliff. And, and I might add right. that as Howard Stern said, you know, he has nothing but contempt for this herd. So he put it out there because he, he secretly thinks that they're horrible people. That's what I think. Lemmings going over a cliff. Who, who are the lemmings? The people that pretend that the constantly changing guidance, the metrics that they'll just dispense with the moment that they don't like what the metrics are anymore. The, the make believe test and trace program in New York and in other places across the country. Uh, who are the lemmings? The people that just go along with all this stuff or the people that realize, as the attorney general of the United States said, this is the greatest intrusion on our civil liberties since slavery. And I throw in there the internment of the Japanese during World War II by a Democrat, a Japanese Americans, by a Democrat. Uh, but this is this is not, you know, this is if, if you take out um, intrusions on civil liberties on a on a massive scale that occurred because of racist policies of the past. You know, there's only there's only a few other areas where you'd say if you if you then, you know, you got to go women's suffrage. But this is a big problem and i'm i'm still in shock that there aren't more people who are uh who are outraged by this and and i know that some of you when i was in north carolina no one takes this all that seriously when i was in montana there are people indoors eating they're not worried not wearing masks not everyone's all freaked out about it uh and it's amazing if you if you read the polls if you see what's going on uh, the general public uh, thinks that if you're under the age of 30, you're 50 times at risk, uh, as, more at risk than you actually are. 50 times. Which is another way of saying people are terrified that if they're 25 or 30, 40, my age, if they get this, that they're going to die. And the chance of them dying from this is actually for that for that age group is less than the flu. So what are we even talking about here? Does everyone walk around terrified? Oh, if I get the flu all the time. No, of course not. It is very dangerous to elderly people and people with serious health conditions that affect their immune system, affect their ability to fight this off. But that's not what the general public thinks. They don't realize that almost half of the deaths have occurred, not just among senior citizens, in nursing homes specifically. And here's something that you should know about nursing homes. A lot of them are very... Uh, poorly sanitized, poorly run, and are places where disease spreads quickly and has been for years before COVID. So if anything, maybe it would be a, a, a silver lining out of all of this if nursing homes were better cared for, uh, you know, stricter protocols to do protection for our vulnerable seniors. But that's not, that's not what's going on. Now, now it's just maximum, maximum panic. The frenzy is upon us right now. And Trump is responsible for all of the deaths. Trump is responsible for all of this. This is what they're saying. It's it's really stunning. It's kind of astonishing, isn't it? We think about how how stupid that idea is, but that people say it out loud. And you're seeing also the, the weak minded, the foolish, the easy, the easily brainwashed. Uh, you're, you're seeing it all across society now. We, we should be talking about how we're just going back to normal life. If you want to sit at home with a mask on all day and be terrified, you're, you're, it is your right to do that. 
but it is not the government's right to inflict incorrect, medically uh, unsupported policies on people on an ad hoc basis because it feels like it. And it is it is unconstitutional. It is a violation of individual liberties. It it absolutely is. It absolutely is. And if if it's not, well, then I need someone to explain why. Why shouldn't they just mandate that we wear masks at home, too? Why shouldn't we mandate social distancing for the next six months? Start finding people a thousand dollars if they are you know less than six feet apart from each other, because we'll start tearing it. We'll start tearing our society apart because there'll be there'll be a subset of uh, of sanctimonious morons who go around and in a way that's completely capricious, call people out on this. We saw this with the medical uh, medical community that came forward during the BLM protests, and we're excusing that. So, see, that's the thing. Liberals don't actually believe in principles or facts or rules. They believe in power and what makes them feel good. So it'll always be this ad hoc, we're going to use this as a weapon against people we don't like. We're going to excuse people we do like or people that we pander to or that we pat on the head. And ultimately, this is about making the country believe that Donald Trump is the reason that anyone has died from COVID, which is just a, an intellectually reckless, irresponsible, completely unjustifiable, really an insidious thing to say. And Joe Biden is saying it. So this is not I, I'm not saying something that's taken from the extremes of their party and presenting it. This is the mainstream thought now. They understand what the stakes are. You're in the Freedom Hut. This is the Best of Buck Daily Podcast. The top stories of the day from the Buck Sexton Show. To just bring home how much we're bearing down on the big day. Early voting's already started in Virginia today, folks. 45 days out. And there are long lines. People are clearly motivated to get out there. I thought they were all too scared to vote in person. Oh, turns out that's not the case. Turns out standing outside and casting your ballot is, uh, you know, waiting a line outside and then casting your ballot for a minute inside is not going to get you uh, some some terrible covid outbreak in these places. But remember, they're they're trying to lie about that, too, so that they can extend the deadlines for how people can vote um, or, or what they're able to do. This Pennsylvania Supreme Court, obviously Democrat dominated there, uh, they said that they've got a three-day lag now after the election where you can still get ballots in if they're postmarked within three days. So now you could even have a situation where if it's a super close race in Pennsylvania, people are going to vote the day after Election Day and it'll be fine. I mean, this stuff is, is all so transparent. But any, anything to win, friends, anything to win, make sure you're very clear on that part of it. There's nothing, there's nothing about the... Uh, the underhandedness of this that uh, upsets them. There's nothing about the obvious distortion of the intent of some of these uh, voting rules and regulations. Anyway, it's it's just nuts. It's just nuts. Uh, oh, I mentioned to you Nancy Pelosi, who is finally uh, is is finally willing to say that people. Here you go. Uh, going back to the law and order issue for a second, she's like, look, I mean, we love protests, but maybe knock off some of the bad stuff people have been doing. Play four. Which leaders spoke, the gentleman on the other side said, where are you when you're talking about violence, this or that? We're there. We support peaceful demonstrations. We participate in them. They are part of the essence of our democracy. That does not include looting, starting fires or rioting. 
Those are, they should be prosecuted. That is lawlessness. I'm very proud that Joe Biden has made the, presented the clarity of that, making a distinction that I under, don't think our colleagues quite understand, but the American people do. And a poll released today said that the American people support congressional Democrats over President Trump in terms of dealing with the issue of crime in our country. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, come on, Nancy. You're a, this is a joke, right? We, we, all, we all know what has been happening here. Democrats have been turning on cops, encouraging looting, rioting, lawlessness with at least their, their tacit consent or with their silence, with their misdirection away from what has been happening. But man, those internal polls for Democrats on the law and order issue must look real bad because Nancy's coming out and she's like, hey, wait, just, we don't like the looting and the arson and the rioting. Yeah, sure you don't. She just discovered this now. Here, I, I put out a challenge. Someone find me. She said that we've been saying it all along. Someone find me Nancy Pelosi calling out the violence, the arson, the looting before the middle of September, 45 days before an election. So somebody please find that for me. I'm, I'm wondering if, uh, if that clip, if that clip can be found. Oh, no, I'm pretty sure it can't. I'm pretty sure that there's no way anyone's going to find it because it didn't exist because that's not what the Democrats are up to with any of this. That's not actually uh, what they think. That's not what they believe. So, of course, there's not going to be a clip that shows Nancy Pelosi or other Democrats even denouncing this. It's a, it's a new thing, and it's because the polls finally turn and people realize that BLM is a movement that makes everything worse for everybody. It doesn't actually doesn't actually improve anything. Um, next up here, uh, I, I also want to talk to you about this video. Speaking of BLM. Uh, I've told you, I don't really, I don't really like the, the term Karen. People disagree with me on this, but I think it's being used in, in ways that some folks don't realize. Uh, but here we have somebody who is referred to on online. I've seen as a, as a, a, a being a, a Karen who is clearly a, a supporter, I suppose, of, of black lives matter rhetoric. And she's completely losing it on a store manager producer mark do we know where the cvs is uh i can look but i'm not sure off the top of my head all right if you find it let me know it's a cvs uh which you know i'll, I'll just say that i i live next to a i don't know if it's a right aid or a Dwayne reed i always get them confused but as i've told you everything is under lock and key it's really annoying and it's also really sad because everything's under lock and key because people just go in and steal all the time there's constant theft I asked the employees, I said, why I can't buy, uh, you know, I can't buy Zyrtec or I can't buy chocolate. I can't buy, uh, you know, face wash. I mean, you, you know, all, all kinds of stuff. Can't buy any of this stuff unless you get somebody to come and unlock it for you because it can't just be out in a the store. There's a lot of theft. Uh, I, I was under the impression and apparently, as you'll as you'll hear in this video, uh, I was wrong. I was under the impression that everyone out there uh, understands that theft is bad, that shoplifting is wrong, that you shouldn't do it. Well, this woman has a very interesting theory, and it's not the first time I've heard it. I remember she took this video. So she believes that what she is saying here is 
righteous. She thinks that this uh, this depiction of herself uh, berating publicly a store manager of a CVS who called the police because people were stealing from his store. Her view, this woman, I don't know her name, not identified yet. Her view is that it is wrong. It is evil to call the police on the shoplifters. And you definitely need to hear why. Play clip one. May I ask why you called the police on those two men? Um, CVS policy dictates that if they're shoplifters, mm-hmm. the exit store with merchandise unpaid for, yeah. we should get the police involved. And if the police apprehend them, mm-hmm. we issue a barring order. Okay. So I actually did not elect to press charges. I said, hey, look, I just want them to know they can't come in here anymore because they shoplifted, and I just need them to sign that, and I need my merchandise back. And the officers obliged, and the guy said the same thing. Thank you. And they left. It's not your merchandise. It's the store. So you know what happens when the black men or black people, and you decided to to call the police on two black people that stole, that allegedly took something from the store because you're willing to uphold the policy and they could have lost their lives. We, we can agree to disagree on this because I don't work for you and I don't need to follow my company's policies, not your policies, where I can appreciate concerns. So you're willing to risk someone's life for what, $30,000 a year? There, That's There was no risk in my opinion. That, Thank you. You have a great night. Thank what is your name? My name is store manager. No, what is his name? No one's going to tell you my name when you're sitting here videotaping us so that you can try and elicit some sort of violence against me. It's not going to happen. Elicit violence against you? You just elicited violence against two black men no, by calling they, the police on them. They got to walk away when one of them had a warrant and could have been arrested and the cops still let him go. Just l- listen to yourself. You work with black folks. You just remember that. Wow. This is not an isolated uh, mentality. I can tell you that right now. There's more of this. You'll hear people say this. I've seen other stuff like this on social media where in trying to enforce the law at all now is considered racist. That there are people that believe that it's racist because cops will literally kill unarmed black men for absolutely any reason. It's constantly happening. You need to be afraid of it. I mean, this is the great big evil lie of the BLM movement. And you're seeing what it has done the same way that people think that they're going to catch covid because you don't have a mask and you walk past them for two seconds, 10 feet away. But if you don't have a mask now, oh, my God, they're at a covid risk. The same way that people's brains have been rotted with that absurdity. uh, People now also think that police being called to any incident that involves uh, a black man or black men is putting their lives in imminent danger. This is part of the theory now. This is part of of the logic. I also think it's just so interesting. She goes, allegedly stole. No, he saw them steal, lady, okay? Like, allegedly is for the lawyers. I'm sure that the two black men that the store manager called the police on, he, he did it thinking that he saw them steal. And he's running the store, and I think he, I think we can trust him to know if people are stealing. It's not, it's not a very hard thing to understand. They have things. They took things. They didn't pay for them. But now you're not allowed to call the police. They say you're not allowed to call the police because you're putting people's lives in danger. See, this is just an extension of the words are violence mentality. The left had that they really started around 2016 when Trump came into office, uh, that, that your words make me feel unsafe, that your words make me feel unsafe. Therefore, you're not allowed to use those words anymore. You see, it's all about power dynamics. It's all about controlling you. By creating a framework, a a thought framework where 
it's uh, it's a physical risk for people to have to hear things that they don't like a physical risk to them. Hmm. That's uh, quite a stretch, isn't it? But that's what they've said. You know, your words are literally like violence, they will say to people because you don't agree that there are 37 genders. It's literally violence. You're erasing trans people. It's violence. What? I'm not erasing anyone. Use the wrong pronoun. Dead naming is violence. That's another one. So if you refer to the previous name of Chelsea Manning, which is Bradley Manning, and you're allowed to change your name, so I'll call people whatever name they want. I got a weird middle name as a first name and, you know, the whole thing. But his name was Bradley Manning. And uh, if you bring that up, they call it dead. You're, you're supposed to ignore that. It's like Soviet rewriting of history. You're not allowed to say that. I remember the guy who WikiLeaks guy who then transitioned and, and prison, the whole thing. Uh, dead naming is violence, they'll say. It's, it's basically a form of violence because you're erasing a person's identity. Now, that that's not actually violence is violence. Things that people don't like is not violence. It's not the same thing. Uh, and here. Calling the police for any reason on a black man, according to this woman um, who I, I don't see her. I'm going to guess she is African-American. I do not know. It's, I don't think you can see her in the video. Uh, that is encouraging violence against people. And she's doing this, putting a store manager. She's like, for what, $30,000? You notice this was in D.C. Producer Mark just told me this was in Washington, D.C. She's putting down somebody who's working trying to earn a living, trying to pay their bills, providing a necessary service, being responsible and doing what he's supposed to do by company policy, as well as common sense, which is people are breaking the law. They're stealing from you. Call the cops. And that's not allowable. That's not allowable. Any Oh, oh, producer Mark. Thank you for the, the woman. The woman who is ma- she is white. In fact, who is making this video, which makes it even more amazing. Wow. Wow. So she's one of these lunatic, the white liberal women who are woke are really the craziest people in America now. They really are. There's there's nothing else that compares. You see in these videos at the BLM protest, they're like, it's literally black lives at stake. And they're screaming. And they didn't really believe this. I didn't, I didn't really think this is uh, legit. Uh, it's unbelievable. Producer Mark, thanks for the heads up on that. I, I just assumed, I mean, if she's going to be so high in my, I believe the store, I mean, the store manager to me looks like he's uh, a, a person of color, a Latino. He might have, you know, one parent who's who's black. I, I can't really tell. Look, I'm not, I'm not I, I, I don't know. Right. But you can look at the guy. I, I, he looks to me like he may be like you, you would classify him as non-white. So here you have a white woman who is at least from what I can see in the video, lecturing a person, a, a manager who is a person of color about how he is putting black lives at risk by calling the police on shoplifters as if the police are going to show up and be like, you stole a tube of toothpaste. Bam, just start shooting them. It's not how it works, as we know. That's not what ends up happening. But you're, you're seeing the, the, the mass hysteria. You say, oh, and also the viciousness of trying to put someone, you know, who do people think they are? Trying to you know, ruin someone's day, perhaps even ruin their life by, you know, making them making them uh, a target of a lib desire to show, you know, wear a mask. Don't call the cops. Why aren't you doing this thing that I want you to do? Uh, just these these petty little tyrants running around. 
They're going to put everyone on video to shame. They like to shame everyone else. Such losers. Honestly, anyone who does is such a loser. Um, so, anyway, I'm, I, I find it kind of stunning and yet also very, uh, very indicative of this wide, widespread mindset now where, where Democrats think that they can just get away with this crap and the media just plays along with it. Thanks for listening to the Best of Buck Daily Podcast. For more Buck, head to BuckSexton.com. And remember to subscribe to the podcast. Biden will hand the left-wing mob the keys to your kid's classroom. Earlier today, I took a historic stand against the hateful lies being fed to America's youth. The parents know all about it. And I, I checked. They're doing it in Wisconsin, too. I, you know, I'm a little surprised. A little surprised you. I'm a little surprised. I know you. I'm a little surprised you let it happen, actually. But we're going to get rid of it. I announced that we're launching a new pro-American lesson plan for students called 1776 Commission. We're going to teach our children the truth about America, that we're the most exceptional nation ever to exist, and we're getting better every single day. Biden will hand the left-wing mob the keys to your kid's classroom. It's true. It is true. That's what will happen. Joe Biden doesn't really care. He just cares about how he's perceived and and whether his family will continue to be in good standing with the Democrat establishment, get put on boards of companies, get book deals for books they don't even write, for uh, sums astronomical sums of money as kind of a payoff for being good for the Democrat cause. Uh, but he's going to he is he's going to be a puppet of the left. And even even AOC is out there saying, oh, don't worry. I mean, once this guy gets elected, we're going to pressure him for the Green New Deal and for amnesty and just all kinds of socialism. That's going to be the plan. Play 17. We continue to push Vice President Biden um, on issues from marijuana to climate change to um, to foreign policy and making sure that we continue to fight for a progressive agenda in in our future what would be the main issue you think it's climate where he needs to be more correct progressive or is there another one that you think is uh, at the top of the list you know i think overall mm. um, um we can likely push vice president biden in a more progressive uh, direction across policy issues i think foreign policy is an enormous area where we can improve immigration is another one uh, criminal justice is is another area where where we can pursue a lot of uh, progressive direction. No humility, no walk back at all. Nothing from from uh, the you mentioned criminal justice reform. The people who have been saying for the last five months now or four months now, whatever it is now, five months, really, that. If only we took a different approach to policing, we'd all be better off and safer. No, actually, more people are dead. More people have been raped. More people are being attacked in cities as a result of these policies. Do you think any of them feel any responsibility for creating the environment that made that all more possible? You think AOC, you think Ilhan Omar, you think, you know, Nancy Pelosi. Oh, we'll get to Nancy because she's realized that the Democrats do have a liability here. I won't I won't forget that one. Turns out Nancy actually has finally said, hold on, maybe rioting and looting is a bad thing. So it's not on the criminal justice issue, but we'll we'll get to that in just a little bit. 
Uh, so they're going to push Joe. They're going to push Joe to the left. And, and the president mentioned the 1776 commission. Now, here's what's going on. Your kids are being taught the 1619 project in school. This is a New York Times. It's really a long, long form editorial essays that take uh, take the position that slavery is the real founding of America, that the you know the founding of slavery was the real founding. So that was in 1619 and that the ideals of the founders were lies when they were written. They explicitly write that and say that um, that the American Revolution was done. Uh, you know, the American Revolution was motivated to protect slavery. That's actually why we broke away from the U- from the United Kingdom. And, and it also seems to take this position. because I've read through the essays that, oh, it's because Great Britain was so moral. Great Britain continued to engage with trade with, you know, be, involve itself with the new world slave trade a long time after the uh, the colonists rebelled in 1776. Just because they outlawed the owning of slaves doesn't mean that they weren't very complicit in all kinds of economic transactions based off of slave labor. Um, and, and they also used to engage in a process. This is now this is different. I'm not comparing this to racial slavery, but they used to engage in a process of impressment of U.S. So uh, U.S. sailors or rather taking people and making them sailors when they weren't, which uh, people would often die doing that, which was not as bad as the religious slavery that the Barbary states inflicted against Americans and Europeans um, right around the time of the American founding, too. And as you'll recall, with the Barber, the war with the Barbary pirates, that was our first foreign war was that we were being they were enslaving people, folks. That's what was going on. They were Americans being enslaved by the Barbary states. No, no one talks about this, though, really. No, because we're, we're the only people that have to constantly confront the history of what was happening, you know, 200, 150, whatever it is, uh, 100, 100 years ago. But the 1619 project, uh, 1619 project is uh, riddled with major factu- uh, factual inaccuracies. And it does take a deeply anti-American viewpoint. And that's what is going to be taught in the school. So kids will come home and they'll say, Mom and Dad, you just don't understand you're just not woke enough. Uh, capitalism is based upon the slave trade. That's one of the essays in the 1619 Project, that the entire system of keeping close track of things, overseeing labor and costs, and uh, this, that, that the framework of capitalism was created on slave plantations. That's one of the essays that they, that they write. Um, and that effectively American wealth all came from the slave trade. It's interesting enough... It never gets into the fact that there was a major abolitionist movement, which had people like Frederick, uh, Frederick Douglass, who were who were black and it had people who were uh, escaped former slaves. Also, there were a lot of white Americans who were part of the abolition movement. It just pretends like there was no abolitionist movement in the country, that the North wasn't fighting very early on to try to uh, push back and then end slavery, that we didn't fight a, ma- a massive civil war with hundreds of thousands dead and hundreds of thousands more maimed horribly, you know, lost arms and legs to end slavery, right? It doesn't deal with any of that. It just is America's super racist, was always racist, and the only way to make it better now is to create effectively a racial entitlement state where white people are constantly apologizing and that in, in law there will be benefits created for certain groups. Fascinating that when we talk about, you know, diversity and inclusion, it's oh, it's it's black and Latino individuals who are supposed to benefit from this. Latinos have never been enslaved in this country, but nonetheless, they're always included in this group because this is political. 
This is about political power. But Trump is going to have this commission that will look at it. I don't know how, how successful they'll be in turning it back. I think a much more important dynamic that's playing out right now is how many people are figuring out that public school is not this completely, entirely necessary thing that nobody can live without. It's not true. It's not true. And I think people are starting to see this because they're homeschooling and they're realizing they can do it. You can homeschool your kids. And imagine a world. I mean, I, I remember feeling and, and I look, I went to nice. I went to Catholic schools in New York. Uh, they're private Catholic institutions. Uh, so I, I was lucky in that regard. I didn't go to public school in the city. Most of the public schools here are terrible. Some are very good. You have to get into the good ones by scoring at a high test level. Uh I remember, though, feeling like I was always tired in school. The day was far too long, you know, and it felt a little bit like it was, you know, a penal colony sometimes. And, it, and I went to nice places. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, you're in there. You get there at 830 in the morning. You're done at four o'clock in the afternoon. And it's just a lot of making you deal with stuff all day. And it's largely driven by they want kids to be, you know, it's the adult work schedule, like the basic adult work schedule is what drives the kids because Really, I mean, I think if you were to have kids with three or four hours of, of instruction, especially if it was individualized on a daily basis, they'd be in much better shape. I mean, we, we have these old structures that are starting to come down, these old concepts of work, of schooling. And I, I think that can be a real benefit from the insanity of these lockdowns and everything else that's going on. But public schools have become indoctrination, left wing indoctrination centers for your kids. I'm, I'm, that You know that that's obvious. And trying to take this on is is a worthy goal, but it's going to be a long term one. It's going to be very complicated. It's not not going to be easy to do. And so I, I think that everyone needs to understand right now that we got a lot of work on this one. Um, the public school system is just completely overrun. I mean, if, if you were to tally up how many people have been arrested at these BLM and Antifa protests, if you were to count up the number of public school teachers and social workers. I bet those are the two for those who have jobs and aren't students, aren't grad students or college students themselves uh, like that sorority girl from uh, Pennsylvania. who has got a million dollar bail on her now because of a riot. She took part in too bad. Uh, I think that you'd see public school teachers and social workers are the most heavily represented. That's my guess. That's my that's my assessment. And I know there have been some. But that's who you would expect to be there. Uh, the 1619 Project is meant to be Marxist, meant to be divisive, meant to tear at the underlying fabric of the country, all under this claim that we're confronting our past when there's there's no effort made at balance or even in, in many cases. Efforts to correct inaccuracies. There's no evidence whatsoever in any of the major writings and any that the American Revolution was spurred on by a desire to protect slavery. There's there's actually no evidence for that. And that is a central assertion in the primary essay written by Nicole Anna Jones, who's also an idiot Marxist. But she, she believed that there was a, a plot, some like white nationalist plot to pretend that there were kids shooting fireworks at each other in poor uh, minority neighborhoods in New York City. I mean, she was one of the people that was get, she retweeted that. So that's who's writing for the 1619 Project. We should all remember that uh, people that you should not take seriously as thinkers and intellectuals, but you have to take seriously as a problem because 
their ideas, their brainwashing is being uh, being applied to your kids. Um, now, you also have uh, the the. Princeton University news that I think is fantastic. I want to add this in the mix too. We're talking about education and how we can fight back against this stuff. Uh, Princeton University's uh, president. And now this is a school that of all the schools, I think Princeton is the, the elite universities, in some ways, the, the snobbiest. I mean, it's not Harvard or Yale, but it, it, it thinks it's even fancier in some ways. They've got these kids that are partying in what they call eating clubs, which are these multi-million dollar mansions. I mean, they're true mansions. I've been inside them. And that's where they, they throw parties. There's tremendously decadent. And anyway, that's Princeton. And the president, because everyone now has to show how woke they are, gave a speech where he said, look, this, you know, we have racism, you know, running to the core of this university, racism in ways that we need to confront. Basically, Princeton's a racist. We have racism running through our system. We're systemically racist. OK, that's what the president of Princeton University says. Well, Princeton gets federal funds. So that means they're subject to Title seven, Title nine. That means that there are regulations. There are laws that apply to Princeton University and you're not allowed to discriminate. You're not allowed to be racist. So you know what the Department of Education or Betsy DeVos is, has just announced? OK, Princeton. You want to give a big speech? You want the president, the head of the whole place, to say we're a racist school and we need to confront this? Well, federal government's going to help you out. Do a full-scale investigation, a civil rights investigation for discrimination of Princeton University. I, I think this is fantastic. I think this is absolutely great. And it's, it's a long, t- it's a long time uh, coming here. It's a long time before or it's a, we've had to wait a long time for something just like this you know you're going to go around and say you're so racist all the time because you want to remember they say they're racist to get applause not to confront anything oh i'm so racist at princeton i mean they're not saying any individual is the institution the system calling out systemic racism is meant to get you a pat on the back it's not meant to be taken seriously that anyone's really responsible and going to do anything it's political it's posturing well, there's seventy five million dollars of federal funding that has gone to Princeton University in recent years. Often people forget this and universities do get a lot of federal funds. So, you know, they can't just play this game of, oh, we're actually uh, we're actually private so we can discriminate in any ways we want. No, you, you, you can't do that. That's not allowed. I think this is wonderful. Wonderful that uh, they're, they're making them live with the words they use. They're, they're holding them accountable to the things they say. This absolutely should be happening. And we'll see how Princeton comes out on this one. I mean, Harvard University, Yale University, these places discriminate on the basis of race. They should be sued. This is illegal what they're doing. It's wrong. Now they're going to have to start defending themselves more. 